Does it strike you as odd that basically the first thing that Jesus does after gathering a small group of disciples is to take them to a wedding? Very near the beginning of the Gospel of John, Jesus calls five disciples. And as we move through the Gospel, we will come to learn that this community of people, who Jesus will later call friends, will bear his message into the world, and they will act as agents of healing and grace wherever they go. And you might think, therefore, that Jesus would then gather these first disciples in close for some real intense teaching and, and, and training to draw them or, or, or to draw them into the wilderness for some, some serious spiritual formation and prayer. It makes sense, right? They've got a lot of work to do. But no, in the Gospel of John, the first thing that Jesus does with his disciples is to take them to a wedding celebration. Jesus takes them to a party. We might wonder why. And to see why, it might help us to see that almost every wedding is an occasion of joy. Whether the, the wedding is small and intimate or large and extravagant, almost every wedding is filled with delight. Every wedding is filled with a sense of potential. Folks dress up, right? They dance, they drink, they celebrate, they laugh and tell jokes, they reaffirm old romances, and, and sometimes they start new ones, right? And what's more, Every wedding, it's just a bit of a protest. Every wedding says no to the, to the atomization of humanity. It says no to the ways in which we separate ourselves from one another, and it affirms our interconnection as a species. It's not just two people who are coming together as one, but two families, we say. Every wedding acts as a witness against alienation and isolation, and says yes to the power of unity and the bonds of our connection and affection as a species. Now, not everyone's called to marriage. Not everyone should be married. And yet the uniting of two people in, in pledges of fidelity and commitment, in a celebration of love, is something that points beyond the mere wedding to something deeper. Moreover, whenever I do premarital counseling for a couple, I, I like to remind them that getting married takes a great deal of audacity. After all, each individual is making a vow to be committed to their spouse in the future, which is to say that they are committing themselves to someone that they do not know. And what's more, that vow that they make, it binds their future self, too. They make a vow that binds the person that they have not yet become. And as such, every wedding is a leap of faith. Every wedding is an act of hope in a world that often seems hopeless. Joy. Audacity. Hope, communion, 
unity. It strikes me that Jesus brings those first disciples to this wedding because he wants to reveal to them something essential about their lives and something essential about God. Deep down at the center of life is communion, is unity. At the center of life is the mystery of God's love. We were created by love and for love. Our beginning in love is is, is in love, and so is our end. And as such, our lives are meant to be filled with joy. They are meant to be filled with celebration. They are meant to, to be a sign and symbol of audacity and hope. We are intended to rejoice. We are intended to give thanks. Jesus brought his disciples to this wedding in Cana of Galilee to ground them in this reality. But when we look at this wedding, then we also see that pretty quickly crisis looms. Just like there is for us in the Jewish culture of the ancient world, weddings had drinking and music and dancing and revelry. Unlike us, It was not unusual for those ancient wedding celebrations to go on for as long as a week. Families would gather from all over. They would travel from far and wide, and whole villages could be involved in the party. In fact, in Aramaic, the word for wedding feast also has the same root as the word drink. a sign of the rejoicing and celebration inherent in the wedding celebration. So perhaps this helps us to see just how much of a crisis it is for the wine to run out at this wedding in Cana. Since weddings were huge social events that involved whole communities, there was obligations placed upon the families of the married couple to keep the party going. If the party was to end before its time, then the families faced certain humiliation and disgrace. And at this wedding in Cana of Galilee, there is no more wine. Jesus' mother, Mary, seems to hope to spare these families that disgrace. And mysteriously, Jesus seems hesitant to get involved. Jesus says, woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. Now, this sounds harsh to our ears. Now, some of that's unfounded, like when Jesus calls his mother woman, that's actually a term of, in his context, a term of respect. It's like by, like by saying, my lady, or something like that in, in the ancient world. But whatever, there is a harshness to what Jesus has to say. And it's not clear why. And yet, whatever the reason for Jesus' apparent hesitation, 
It does not last. Instead, Mary draws Jesus out. And then she draws the servants in. The servants will also know that crisis is at hand. They also know that the wedding is under threat. And so they do the the hard work of filling the jugs of of water and with water in an act that must have seemed to them to be pretty pointless. I cannot imagine that they would have thought that much would have come from it. And yet they do this basic menial task of filling those enormous jars as an act of hope. And in doing so, they become witnesses to a miracle, and they become participants in a sign of God's abundance and in the abundance of God's kingdom present in their lives. Jesus, it seems, will not avert the crisis alone. Instead, he invites others to participate. Jesus gives them the heavy task, but the small task of filling those jugs of water. And yet this small task participates in a profound transformation. Where once there was no wine, zero wine, now there is 120 to 180 gallons of wine. That is 50 to 75 cases of wine. That's about 900 bottles of wine. That is a lot of wine. A lot of wine, and it's, it's far more than that little wedding in Cana of Galilee could ever, ever need. Jesus invites his disciples to a wedding to remind them that their lives begin and end in love. And yet we know that life is not always and everywhere marked by love. We were created for communion. Our lives are intended for communion and unity. And nevertheless, we know that we cannot hide from the fact that this communion seems to be under constant threat. We know that our lives are often broken and marred. We know that our lives are often filled with anxiety and fear and anger. Our joy is often eclipsed. Division and hatred seem so powerful. They seem so destructive. Every day we turn on the news, and every day there is some crime against humanity. We seem caught in endless cycles of violence. Every day there seems to be some new assault on the dignity of human beings. Every day there seems to be an assault on the sacredness of creation. But the gospel tells us that this assault is not the last word. In Jesus, God is transforming our world, transforming our lives. At our core, 
Our lives are meant for communion. And nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Jesus is bidding us, leading us, inviting us into a celebration of this reality. Jesus brings his disciples to a party that is intended to teach the disciples all about what new thing God is doing through Jesus, and then transforms that party when it comes under threat. What was already a celebration of union becomes now even more a sign of God's abundance and grace and new life. And we are invited to participate by calling to one another, by inviting each other in, and by taking on the task of filling those jugs with water. As the water was changed into wine, so too Jesus longs to heal our division and our anxiety, our fear, and our hatred. And to this end, Jesus invites us to participate in this transformation. Jesus wants to, to draw us into a place of, of the celebration of love. Jesus longs to transform the brokenness of our lives into joy and into unity. And yet, Jesus will not do this without our cooperation. Jesus invites us in and will not do it alone. Jesus invites us into our cooperation through faith and through trust and through a, a little hard work. Amen.